You're listening to StudiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Studia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Studia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StudiaCast. Hi, welcome to episode four of StudiaCast. Huzzah! Today, we are talking about the incredible fic Landlocked in Light by Ready Machine. Um, now, this is actually a multi-chapter fic, and there's 10 chapters right now as of, like, recording. So, with that in mind, this is not a spoiler-free podcast for any of the chapters, so if you haven't read them yet, skedaddle and go do that immediately. So, I am... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but you can find me at Ron Gasm on Tumblr. I'm Maggie, and you can find me at Redstring Banshee on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and you can find me at Styles to Likes Lydia on Tumblr. And I'm Corey, and you can find me at Saving Styles. I thought that we could talk a little bit about what do you guys think is strong in this piece. It's such a really multifaceted piece of writing, and it has so many strengths, and so I thought we could go over what we thought were the main strengths of the piece and um, kind of tout them a little bit. I really like the sense of fun that comes with this fic. Ready Machine, um, Sean, she does an excellent job of just incorporating a trope that's really well known and loved in our fandom, but just like making it fresh. Like it really feels like a breath of fresh air. There's just fun elements. The characters in a band, they're going to bars, they're just enjoying each other's company and they have wonderful friendships. And it's just this like really great sense of fun and lightheartedness in the fic that I really appreciate. And kind of going along with that, I really like all the emphasis on friendship in this fic. And I think that it's really amazing. There are a lot of other relationships in it besides just Stydia. And there's both, like, other romantic relationships and other friendships. Each, like, all of those relationships are described with equal importance. Like, Malia and Lydia are best friends in this fic, which I really like because it just is complete opposite of the animosity that the fandom sometimes tries to box them into or that the writers try to box them into. And so having Malia and Lydia be such great friends was so cute. And then there's this one scene where Malia's, like, snuggling with Lydia in bed. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, like, a little bit of a hint of, like, romantic Malia, but also just, like, really close friendship. And just in general, like, the lines between romance and friendship in this are a little bit blurred. And it's, like, both kinds of relationships are treated with equal importance, which I really liked. Yeah, Yeah, you can kind of see it in almost, like, every relationship that they have. the uh, ready machine has been putting into this fic. So, Corey, what was your, like, favorite strength of the piece? Probably the lore. So we've all read so many AU fics, and it's always different. And this one, I I loved it because I've written my own, and it was nice to see different uh, takes on it. So black when they get their mark, gold when they meet their soulmate, red and scarred when their soulmate dies, and I just loved seeing all the different possibilities with the marks, too. Like, Kira doesn't have a mark. Um, Scott um, has lost his soulmate, and his scar is red. Sheriff and um, Melissa is one example. Sheriff and Melissa, yeah. They are uh, soulmates, but they're not together. They're just best friends. They've changed the how you define it. As they're, they're basically friend soulmates and just not in a romantic way, which is amazing. Um, you've got... Tons of people who are it, who have met soulmates and some who haven't, like Malia and Isaac. So it's really great to see all of the differences and how we can see that portrayed in the AU. There's also this um, like political aspect to it almost because 
like I remember in I think the second chapter maybe there's this girl who meets Lydia and sees that her soulmate tattoo is gold now and she's like oh what did you meet yours I met mine like a month ago and now we're getting married in two weeks it's crazy time flies and Lydia's like you're marrying someone you met a month ago what the hell is wrong with you and I think that it's interesting that like there's people just have so many different ways in the sick of interpreting what the marks mean and it's so in character for every single character how they react with their mark to their mark um it's so specific for everyone and you know so are soulmates and i think that's such an important aspect of the fic i love that the interpretation of the marks like to each person you know how they interpret it what it means to them is this fate am i destined to be with this person or does it not mean anything to me and that's like a reoccurring theme throughout the fic you know the people their relationships with each other and then their relationships to their marks and what they could possibly mean for their future. You know, especially because looking at it from Styles' point of view, he basically falls for Lydia like the moment he meets her. But I think the wonderful thing about that is that Styles would have fallen for her the moment he met her regardless. You know, like that wasn't um, just because she had the mark on her cheek. It was also because it's Styles and it's Lydia. And this <laughs> fic just captures that beautifully. Like we know that he's falling for her regardless, but Lydia has to learn it over the course of the fic, and it's one of the most important pieces of their character development. We see that in the Christmas chapter when they go home for the holidays, and Scott, like, drunkenly kind of confesses Styles' feelings to Lydia, <laughs> and he tells her, like, oh, he, he like, likes you, but it's not just because you're his soulmate and because you have his matching mark, it's because he likes you. Like, he just enjoys you as a person, and, you know... Soulmates be damned. I thought it was really interesting how it doesn't believe in the marks either. He believes in fate, which is separate from that. And mm -hmm. that was really interesting to see because we use Styles is usually the hopeless romantic one. And to have it like detached from the marks was really cool to see too. That's a good point, man. My favorite part about this, I thought the strength of this piece for me um, was getting to experience the writing style. Um, there is a lot of joy in the way ready machine writes um one of my friends told me once that he felt like all the city affix he read were colored blue and purple like a bruise but this to me felt like paintball you know it's yeah. so bright and gorgeous and like the the word choice the language the way the words flow together everything is just beautifully vibrant and loud and it's wonderful to read something like that because City Effect these days is a mess of angst, and I love reading them splashed with color like this, and it really inspires me to love the characters even more because this is what they could be. Yeah, there's something just alive and awake about this fic, and the funny thing is that it's not all, like, fun and joy throughout the entire fic. Each character, especially Lydia, Scott, and Styles, have these moments of, like, you know, grief and you know where they're coping with like losses that they've had in their lives and that's also like kind of a reoccurring thing is you know moving on from um a love lost but it's done in such a way that it's poignant without dragging the reader down i think a lot of that has to do with the au that we're in as well because since they're at college age and almost graduated from college then they have a lot more maturity than we sometimes see in the Teen Wolf world. And they've had a lot of more of a chance to grow into themselves and who they are. Like, Lydia's not afraid to be um, smart, and she's not afraid to show off her intelligence, which is always a good thing to see in fic. And 
then Scott and Derek and Styles and Isaac at the beginning, and then Scott and Styles and Isaac and Kira later on have a band, which just adds this whole other dimension of fun to it. And it's just, it's such a good way for them to have a pack without being like supernatural pack. I also especially really love the way that she describes Scott's singing because it's so accurate to the way that Tyler Posey sings in his videos. He does the same type of movements. Like there's this one quote that I loved from the latest chapter. It says, on the stage in front of her, Scott hunches over his guitar, his lips kissing the mic as he yells crackling words into the crowd. I love Tyler Posey and I love Scott and like- The imagery of that. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And the band scenes are some of the most fun scenes in the fake. Yeah, I just I just love how it was because it's an AU. They it, there's no one di- uh, no one has died except for a, key, a couple of people that remained dead in, in canon. It's it's also not supernatural, and I think that's um, a big thing of why it's so colorful and so vibrant because it, all of that horror and the angst that we see on the show isn't present. You know, what, while you're reading it, you get the impression that you are getting to spend time with the characters as Mm -hmm. they would be if, you know, a storm hadn't fucking barreled into Beacon (laughs) Hills and smacked Scott McCall on the side. Um, These are, these are who these people would be. I just like feel that so strongly that like the, the styles that we're getting is like, oh my God, it makes my heart just like ache because this is the guy that we love. This is the boy we fell in love with, and he might be gone now, but through this fic, we get to experience what he'd be like as a grown-up, and we are never going to see that, and I just think that, like, seeing Styles this way is my favorite thing about this as an AU, because I feel like it's a gift, and I am so grateful that we have it. It reminds me of Sean's interview, her Q&A portion, where she said she wanted to write Styles, you know, the Styles whose body was not tragically taken over by a demon spirit, and who, like, didn't have blood on him that wasn't his own blood, you know, it's just, it's a Styles that has grown up with, like, loving relationships and grown into himself and his confidence, so nice for him like to really have these wounds like he he is grieving in his own way but he's moving forward and he's in a good direction also does anybody talk about his relationship with his dad because it's one of my favorite details of this fic when they go home i just felt like there's this kind of joy not so much tainted as grief as some like so many of the really powerful emotional scenes between styles and his dad in the show are tainted by grief in some way um we got to see like when he gets home for christmas and he goes into the car with his dad and he just can't stop talking because he loves his dad so much and he's so excited to be home and finally they have to be like styles shut up you're being rude (laughs) (laughs) like Lydia's never been here before. Like, let's show her around. Like, getting to see joy between Styles and his dad and with their Christmas traditions. Okay, so there's this little five-foot dorky, white, dirty Christmas tree that they put up every year. And you could just, just imagine, like, how filthy and awful it is <laughs> and probably, like, painted weirdly somewhere where Styles like, tried to fix it one year. And then magically, like, Christmas Eve the tree gets taken away and then a really nice green tree gets put in its place instead. And I just think that speaks to just how cute and wonderful Styles and his dad's relationship is in this fic. My favorite part of the Christmas traditions, it's the ham! (laughs) (laughs) The fact that, like, 
Styles is like on a mission to get this ham. Like it consumes him. He must have the ham recipe. And he like has a plan. He's gonna go in there. He's gonna steal a ham. Like Operation Steal the Ham. It's gonna commence. Like Styles just wants to know how she makes the ham so that he too can make ham and bring <laughs> bring Porky Joy to others like Melissa has brought to him. That whole Christmas chapter was just such a blessing like there were so many like little treasures in it like one of my favorite parts is when they're putting up the christmas tree and it's just lydia and the sheriff kind of like interacting and joking around and then like Styles says something and he's like leaning against the doorway and like watching him and the light falls really nicely across his face and lydia her heart just kind of like jumps in his in her chest mm-hmm. and it's like there's so many good images in it like that's true um, Styles is written really hot in this fic like yeah. <laughs> he has a darth vader it's tattoo like on his like leg trying to be hot but like yeah the author's descriptions are so good and wow they're really attractive <laughs> and the thing is like when people try to write hot styles he ends up being like the sex god that's not not really true to character but she writes him so authentically and he's still like you know for all of his like flaws and dorkiness he's still like so attractive Oh, there's this one dorky thing that Styles does that I absolutely love, which is his reoccurring obsession with animals and, like, random animal facts. And yes. so, okay, so after the first time that um, him, well, I guess the second time that him and Lydia meet, then he finally gets her phone number. And, um, like, the first thing he texts her is, like, a random animal fact. And actually, at their very first meeting, the fir- way he starts their conversation when he realizes that she's his soulmate like the asshole he is instead of being like hi i'm your soulmate he's like hey did you know there's this app that tracks sharks because they have really cool lives and so he just continually brings up random animal facts um and he texts her like random animal animal facts every few days and i just think that's a really great way for him to start their conversations because he's initiating the conversation, which is something that Lydia wouldn't really do because she's still really skeptical of him. And But at the same time, he doesn't ask anything of her in return um, because it's up to her whether or not she responds to the weird animal fact and continues the conversation or just ignores him because there's no pressure to respond when you're just, like, texting random crap. Sure, he's being kind of pushy because he's Styles and he's in love with her, but he's not pushing for, like, a date or, like, a relationship. He's just pushing for her to maybe be interested in his weird life. The whole um, story centers around, like, Lydia not believing in fate, even though fate, like, keeps bringing them together in, like, various ways over and over again. And I just think it—I just realized it's kind of interesting that— he starts off, like, giving her knowledge and, like, giving her facts and talking about things that would pique her interest, even though he has no idea who she is and doesn't even realize that that is, like, right up Lydia Martin's alley. Is that not fate or what? The fact that Lydia can just school him right away because he's like, yeah, sharks aren't fish and they're in a different class. And she's like, dude, both of those classes are fish. There's just... And he just loves her so much for it and doesn't question that she's right, doesn't question anything. It's just like, oh gosh, this girl is a genius. I'm so screwed. I love that, like, Lydia is relating the story to Malia and Malia's like, oh, of course, yeah, your soulmate would be such a freaking obnoxious asshole. <laughs> like, she's like, only your soulmate would be this much of a shithead. And Lydia's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, the oh quote for that is, you know, just as well as I do, that only your match would do something as stupid as that. 
talk about how Danny knew all along that they were soulmates? Because he's known Lydia, and he's known Styles. Well, in various ways. He knew. And he said nothing, the little shit. What a little also, shit. Also, Styles was a shit for not telling Isaac who his soulmate is, because he sees her, sees her on the metro in France. I feel like Isaac just, I mean, Styles just, like, looks at Isaac and is like... Nah, you're not cooked yet, and just won't tell him. Like, I'm assuming that he, like, got her number or something, so, like, he can give it to Isaac when Isaac is, like, fully mature, when he becomes a rooster. (laughs) Styles is just waiting. I wonder if he told Isaac's soulmate, too, like, hey, I know your soulmate, but he's a terrible person right now, so, like... You might want to hold off on that. Just, like, give me your number, and I'll tell you when he stops being a terrible person. Or if he stops being a terrible person, because otherwise you're just better off this way. Can you imagine when Isaac finally finds out that Styles has had this chick's number the entire time? Because he will literally murder Styles. Like... I want, I want that. I want that interaction. Like, I need it. Isaac is written so hilariously to me in this fic. Like, he is just this combination. Like, one of the lines was like, "The band found Isaac wailing out shitty poetry at a local hookah bar," and he's just the perfect combination of this like douche hipster that has like all the good intentions, but like is so pretentious and sad boy. Isaac is that theater dude who like Like, only does straight plays, won't do musicals and like wears all black and goes to coffee shops and talks about waiting for Godot. Like they actually liked waiting for Godot. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, honey, (laughs) sit down. Like I have, I have so many like random things about Isaac. Like, Thank you for the image of Isaac Leahy playing a uh, bass. Playing a bass, also, the, the shirt off on his knees. Yes, amazing. And then also thank you for the, this. Thank you. Easy for you to say. You're golden. No, I'm Styles. <laughs> I love that. I think that what we should do right now, because all of us are kind of on a high note, is talk about the fact that Allison is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, let's talk about the, like, the different Allison mentions throughout um, the fic, because I think that it's... You know, she is this huge part of the characters' lives. Um, even now, Lydia's constant PTSD about losing Allison um, after being in a relationship with her and falling in love with her, and the fact that, you know, Allison is still Scott's soulmate. And I honestly don't even know if I believed in fate in this universe until Allison was still Scott's soulmate. And then I was like, yeah, this was always supposed to happen with Styles and Lydia like this is it for me I just thought that the the cloud of Allison that's over all the characters is I thought that was just one of the best details of the fic one of the most incredible parts in this fic is the relationship that Allison and Lydia have sorry I can't stand any of this because those who know me I'm like the biggest Lydia shipper their relationship is so beautiful um one of my favorite quotes um is this one, Allison had giggled, and Lydia loved that she said compliment instead of complete, and she loved Allison's laugh and the way the moonlight made her skin glow. And that's in reference to how Allison was telling Lydia, like, I believe that my soulmate will compliment me and not complete me. And their relationship starts off, even though they have marks that don't match, they fall in love and develop this just absolutely, like, lush and beautiful relationship and it's just warm and sweet and tragically Allison passes away in a hunting accident 
And for the remainder of the fic, Lydia's left kind of dealing with the aftermath of her loss of Allison and uh, her love for her. And then there's also a lot of growth that comes in how we see Lydia deal with her grief after she finds out that Scott is Allison's soulmate. She, it's during a band practice and she runs out and then Scott follows her eventually and they go to a diner together. And there's this really great quote that I loved um, when Scott asks her, I know this is hard, but... But what was she like? Lydia has to talk about Allison for the first time, and it says, It's been so long since Lydia has actually talked about Allison. She spent so much time talking around Allison, tiptoeing the edges of her ghost because the weight of her name was too much to bear. But Scott McCall was Allison's match, and he would never see the light in her eyes when she left, and it just wasn't fair. It's just like, that's so beautiful. And it not only is it a way for Scott to finally move on because... We find out at the beginning of the fic that even though Scott never met Allison, he was when he was young, he was so excited to eventually get to meet his soulmate. And he grieved when she died, even though he had never met her. And so it's not only a way for Scott to kind of move on from that because Alice, um, Lydia tells him about Allison, but it's also a way for Lydia to move on because she can't, you know, she can't really be with Styles until she's finally accepted that part of her life and can think of Allison fondly instead of just, like, with pain. And so I think that their conversation was really important. We, as an audience, grieved even, like, finally got to grieve a little bit more about Allison, and it was amazing. And I, 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 I have never cried when I've read a fic, and I cried when I read this fic. So kudos to Ready Machine, because she, she killed it. And I love the part when Scott asks Lydia, like, what was she like? What was Allison like? And Lydia's <laughs> getting, like, really choked up. Lydia says, she pauses and says, she was the sun. And I just think that, like, really encapsulates, like, how beautiful of a character Allison was. And it's so true. Like, Allison was just, like, this warmth that we all, like, just loved and adored. And I really liked how it paired how it paralleled what what Styles had said about his mom. As if it wasn't painful enough already to have this beautiful moment between Scott and Lydia about Allison, we also have such a beautiful Stydia moment because Lydia remembers what Styles said to her about his mom and she remembers his grief and realizes that like the wording fits and uses it and it's just like the connection that they have too is shows up in this moment as if you weren't already hurting enough especially because it's a callback to the question and answers scene and i really loved that scene for Cydia. just the idea that like any version of the universe lydia is going to be a little bit reluctant to share pieces of herself and Mm -hmm. in this universe in particular styles i mean like all obviously in canon but in this one as well um styles just like instinctively knows that and he wants to know her so badly he is so drawn to her so intrigued by her um not in like a you're a mystery girl way but just in like this this open way that styles always is where like for some reason like his soul is open to lydia and like he wants to know hers and like he wants to know who she is just like it's inside of him like he doesn't have to dig it up when he meets her in this fic it's just there on top and so the question and answer scene i thought was this fantastic way of him to find out things about lydia but like do it in a way that like gave her ease and like she felt okay during it and he didn't like a lot of vulnerable things got revealed but it was in a way that made neither of them feel uncomfortable it was just this like bare naked and intimate honest honesty that you know what they haven't even had that in canon like i mean maybe they have like spread out over time but just to see like 
them laying out like these are the pieces of me that are broken and if you're going to try to help me pick them up then you have to just you have to see them and you have to decide if you want them and it just ends up strengthening how much they care about each other you just touched on something like so core to Stydia like that Styles just always wants to know Lydia no matter he wants to know her and eventually she wants to know him and so it's it's not just a romantic thing it's always about them knowing every little well maybe not every little detail but everything about this the other person and just to relate to them just the respect between Styles and Lydia and like when it when it comes down to it what it is is it is respect they respect each other so deeply and so strongly and um that's why they're such a beautiful relationship that's why we're here like shipping them it is because it is so wonderful and refreshing and important to see a friendship between two people who respect each other so much that they end up falling in love because like there's both respect and passion respect and chemistry and like and that's the best part of them for me is just this like they really like each other like not crush wise like oh my god they really like each other but like they genuinely like each other as people they fit together they click and this fic captures that beautifully especially you know that question and answer scene yeah and I think there was a really good um going along with like Styles really wants to know Lydia and now Lydia starts to want to know Styles. I think we had we got really blessed in that the fic was just updated and the update was so perfect for that and for the development of that there's this one part when there's another band concert and then when they walk home after that concert then it starts to rain and first of all Stydia in the rain is my aesthetic so (laughs) that was beautiful already and the description of them in the rain like running to Lydia's apartment is already just so gorgeous the imagery in this fic i just will never stop talking about it enough it's so beautiful and then there's this one part that says lydia turns her head towards styles to yell at him about not taking the subway but it catches in her throat as he spins to look at her his smile is a supernova a bolt of lightning a wave that will lift her off her feet with a well-timed jump all she has to do is jump it's so gorgeous because Lydia finally realizes that Styles isn't just in it because they're soulmates. He isn't just in it because they have matching marks, but he's in it because he is already smitten and he loves her for who yeah. she is. It's Lydia realizing that she's maybe a little in love with Styles and he's maybe a little in love with her and maybe they could date and it would be okay. She just kind of turns and looks at Styles and she has like these physical reactions to like seeing him where her body just reacts and she it's in a way that she you know is attracted to him and likes him and enjoys his company and it's immediately followed by her like trying to squash that down and suppress it because that's so Lydia to like be hesitant about like any kind of newness or like any stranger like seeing her for who she really is I'm so excited because the the chapter 10 left off with like her inviting her him to come up to her bedroom and also, they're they're hooking up right now, aren't they? Like, it's, I mean, like, I, I don't mean, like, in this chapter. I mean, like, they've... Lydia, like, literally will not let herself, like, be emotionally involved with Styles yet. Like, she's pulling herself back very, like, harshly. But she's still letting them, like, make out all the time. Like, they're hooking up. And I think that's tremendous because, first off, I am a goddamn slut for that trope. <laughs> the fact that she can't even... Like, she won't even try to stop herself from being sexually attracted to him. This isn't about that. This is about intimacy. And this is about the fact that, like, the marks are suggesting that they do this thing. And 
she doesn't want to do it until she knows for a fact that like she's going to plant her feet into the ground and dig with him like she wants to be able to dig and I think that this last chapter that we got proves that like she's going to really try for that and like they're going to do that soon and it's going to be incredible I think it's in like chapter two or one where Lydia meets the other girl who just got she just met her match and she's talking about how they'll have like a wedding and really soon and Lydia is kind of like oh my god that's absurd and then in the next chapter she by fate runs into Styles again in a cafe and she's sitting there like kind of going off on a tangent about like how fate isn't real and she says you can't sit there and tell me you and I are supposed to run off into the sunset and get married in six months when I don't even know your name and Styles says, oh, God, no, he replies, frowning. A wedding in May? Are you crazy? We'll get married in October. And I told Sean, I was like, this better be fucking foreshadowing because <laughs> I want a wedding in October because this is happening. Like, now she's finally, like, letting him in. And uh, TikTok, Lydia. I love that scene because of the hat that he has on and the fact that, like, he, like, puts his hands in the back of his head and, like, almost in a, like, step into my office manner. And, like, yeah. just, like, the way Styles is written in that scene, like, I can smell it and it smells like boy. <laughs> you know, us as women, like, trying to write men sometimes can be a little bit complicated because we're not used to those, like, gestures that are normally reserved for men. So, like... Uh, it just kind of gets convoluted sometimes. But when Sean writes styles, it's so, like, boyish. His mannerisms and his gestures are, like, exactly what I've seen guys do, like, a thousand times but haven't really, like, digested. So, like, when I see it written down, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's, you know, it's so boy. Like, it totally just makes sense. And I love just reading how she writes men in this fic. Okay, so I really want to talk about the Thanksgiving scene because thank you for um, nobody liking cranberry sauce because no one likes cranberry sauce. I'm I like cranberry sorry. sauce. I like cranberry sauce too. Like, Dude. I can't believe that's the thing. The crazy thing about this fic and, like, the cranberry sauce part was I went to visit Sean, like, IRL um, in January over at New Year's Eve. And her mom, for, like, randomly out of nowhere, somehow brought up how nobody eats cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving. And it was so serendipitous. Like, I looked at Sean, and Sean just kind of, like, gave me this look where she's like, yeah, I know. And we were just, like, on each other's wavelength for a moment where it was like, holy shit. Like, really, like, brought me right back to the fic where, like, nobody eats cranberry sauce. Nobody enjoys it. Styles does. And he forgets it. <laughs> he makes this huge what? deal out of bringing the cranberry sauce and then he fucking forgets it because he is an impish little shit and he doesn't even <laughs> like cranberry sauce either he just wants it for the tradition which mm-hmm. is so styles styles yeah. blinsky mm-hmm. in lydia's kitchen cooking thanksgiving was just a visual feast in itself it was just wonderful i just, I just love the image of styles cooking and so have it like and lydia watching it and the fact that he makes cornish hens because he doesn't think that they can eat a whole turkey by themselves which is such a like weirdly sophisticated thing which is definitely something styles would do to try to impress lydia too and she just makes fun of him for it and he's like well poultry is poultry and she's like kind of like how fish are fish i loved that stidia banter was so on point i love that there was stidia banter plus cornish game hens like what the fuck why am I, like there's cornish game hens in this fanfic you guys <laughs> get out <laughs> um 
Okay. Yeah, the Thanksgiving scene was awesome, especially because, um, first of all, Styles' tradition of playing Barry Manilow um, while he does anything. Also, Lydia, um, with the cartoon, Lydia and Styles, like, both liking the same cartoons, I was like, you know what you should do is you guys should get married and, like... I don't know, like accidentally get pregnant and have one child who is a female and raise that child on their cartoons that they both like together. How serendipitous is it that these two like seemingly uh, completely different characters like the same 90s cartoon? Like, I don't know. There's so many moments where like fate keeps bringing them together over and over again. And Lydia's like, no, fate's not real. And I'm like, open your eyes, honey. So at the Thanksgiving scene, they almost kiss. But then right when they're about to... They get interrupted by Styles' dad. And once again, Styles being a dork, answering the phone like, hey oh, daddy oh. <laughs> and then after that phone call, he invites Lydia to Christmas, which was also really cute. And the fact that she said yes is just beautiful. And then at Christmas, at his house, like uh, one night when she's staying there. So she gets woken up by screaming and she goes into the room. And um, Styles is having a nightmare, and his dad is comforting him. And um, it's implied that the nightmare is because of Claudia, and it parallels the nightmares that he has at the beginning of 3B really well because his dad is comforting him in the same way. And the imagery that Sean uses, like, definitely um, calls that scene to mind. Like, he's thrashing around on his bed, the blanket's thrown to the floor, his mouth stretched open in a scream. But instead of... Lydia comforting Styles being part of the dream and his dad comforting him being him waking up. His dad comforts him first and then Lydia comes over. Um, even though he's embarrassed by it, she comes over and is basically like, without saying very much, like, it's okay that you have nightmares. I do too. And comforts him. And it's like the dream scene in 3B brought to life in this fic. And it's beautiful. I love oh how... Um, Lydia sees him, like, thrashing around and is in the state of panic. And then when he sees her watching him, he becomes visibly uncomfortable. And she actually leaves for a little bit, goes to her own room and thinks about it and is like, when I felt this way, I liked how Malia came to me and comforted me. And, I, and you know, having that presence of somebody who's just there for you is, like, such a comfort. So she goes back to his room and doesn't say a word, but just kind of, like, slips into bed with him and just holds him until he stops shaking and finally, like, goes to sleep. And, again, it just parallels how these two people are polar opposites, but at the same time very kindred spirits because their experiences and how they, like, truly are on the inside really kind of unites them and um, makes them compatible. This has been episode four of City of Cast, in which we talked about Landlocked in Light by Ready Machine. Next week, we will be doing a fandom-voted episode, um, so more info on that will be on the City of Cast Tumblr page, so check that out. And um, in the meantime, feel free to come to the City of Cast inbox or tweet us and talk about what you liked about this fic, your favorite parts of it, or for the next fic, you can do that as well. Um, we would love to talk to you guys about these incredible fics that we're talking about because we can't cover them all in one podcast and they're so spectacular. They just deserve to be loved all over. Um, so 
My name is Rachel. I am Rongasm on Tumblr. My name is Maggie, and I am Red String Banshee on Tumblr. My name is Anya, and I am Styles to Likes Lydia on Tumblr. And I'm Corey, and I'm Saving Skiles on Tumblr. And we will see you next week. Cydia cast, we review and discuss our favorite Cydia fix. If you enjoy the fic as much as we did, be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement. You can find us on Tumblr at the URL Cydia cast or on Twitter at Cydia underscore cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, row your boat on Tumblr for making this possible. And to you, our listener for tuning into this episode. See you next time.